Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome. I am Minister Ginger London. Thank you so much for joining me uh, tonight. This is a very special show on tonight where we will be talking about um, how to actually start an online Bible study. So if that's something that you have been wanting to do, or if you are called in the body of Christ as a teacher in the body of Christ, I encourage you to actually join me to get started with this. And so without any further ado, uh, we're actually going to uh, actually get started with prayer. And then we'll get right into it because I know this is one of these late night teachings and late night uh, shows. And so let's go to God in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you on this evening. I just bless your name. I just honor you, Lord God. And Father, I come before you, Father, as one of your uh, faithful servants, and I decrease as I ask the Holy Spirit to increase. I submit myself to you. I repent of sins, Father God, and ask for your forgiveness in the name of Jesus. I know, Father God, in the the calling and anointing that I walk in, I know how important it is, Father, that I'll be righteous in your sight as I speak to your people. I thank you for this blessed opportunity. I ask ask Heavenly Father that every word that I speak uh, during this teaching will be on assignment and that you will be well pleased. I pray that people will not just be hearers, but will become doers of your word, especially those who are teachers in the body of Christ, who are called to help bring to help make disciples and bring um, spiritual maturity into the lives of those who belong to the body of Christ and who may be teaching other um, uh, areas of life uh, in the body of Christ, whether it is uh, self-improvement, business, uh, mental um, uh, restoration uh, and transformation, whatever that area or word that you've given them, I pray, Father God, that when they hear this um, on tonight, or if they listen to the replay, that their lives will be uh, encouraged and um, uh, and their gifts will be stirred up on the inside of them, that they will go forth during these times, Father, making disciples to glorify your name. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So, amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining me for uh, live and for those who uh, maybe you're listening by internet. Uh, and if you're listening by phone, uh, I think that if you're if you're watching by internet, I think the chat room is uh, going to be opening in just a moment, and you will be able to if you have pulled up on the screen, go into the chat room and post any questions or make any comments uh, that you have as we go forward on tonight. So I don't want to keep you long, but I do um, uh, want to make sure that what I say is exactly what you need uh, to hear. And so to, for this um, show, the, the topic is to cre- is create and host an online Bible study. So if you feel called to minister to an online following, you may uh, like the idea of creating an online Bible study. So the good news is that you can, uh, that it can be done. It is simple. It's easy to do. It's fun to do. You just need the right resources uh, to do it. And so during this show, you're going to learn what you need to know to get started and to maintain an online Bible study. Uh, and this series is in two parts. The first part is going to be how to create it. And then the second part is going to talk to you about having an online ministry and how you need to uh, schedule that and how it needs to flow. Uh, 
Uh, if you're going to do this, you don't want to hit and miss. You want to be consistent, and you want to stay in the assignment that God has given you. So during this particular show, part one, you're going to learn how um, to set up your study. You're going to learn how to pick a platform that you want to host your study on. You're going to learn how to uh, choose your schedule. When is the best time for you to do this? Uh, uh, you'll learn how to do a test run, uh, how to promote your uh, Bible study, and then how to em- embrace the first session or maybe for you the first session online. Maybe you've been doing it already in your city or in your local uh, assembly, but now you have to move to virtual. And so this may be uh, virtual, may be a new platform for you. Also, you're going to learn how to let the grace of God uh, cover you uh, during this time. And so for the scriptures uh, for this show, if you're taking notes, the scriptures that we're going to use for this show come from Ecclesiastic in the Old Testament, chapter 12, verses uh, 9 and 10. And then from the New Testament, we use 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 27 and 28, Colossians chapter 1, verses 27 and 28, and Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. All right. And so we're going to walk through the scriptures quickly before we actually get into um, how to create um, your online study. I believe that there are some things that we need to know spirit, uh, scripturally uh, as it relates to teach, relates to teaching, what your assignment is as a teacher, uh, what that responsibility is, and where you should be in your spiritual walk before you actually teach someone. All right, so it's important. So let's go to the word first, and then I'll talk to you about actually bringing what you're teaching online and how to do that um, in uh, in a decent and orderly manner where you're actually making an impact in your um, uh, in the body of Christ and you're influencing people um, to grow spiritually or you're compelling them to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. So the first scripture I want to look at is an Old Testament scripture, and it's Ecclesiastic uh, chapter 12, verse, verses 9 and 10. These are two of my favorite verses as it relates to uh, teaching and uh, preaching. The word here is uh, used here is preacher. It also can be synonymous with the word uh, teacher when you're studying and you uh, studying this scripture. So uh, Ecclesiastic 12, verse 9 and 10 says, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, and moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs. Verse 10, the preacher sought to find acceptable words, and what was written was upright, words of truth. So let's just walk through these two verses of Scripture, and let's just see what we're going to find here and then relate that to what you're doing as a, um, as a teacher in the body of Christ. In verse 9, it says, And moreover, because the preacher was wise. Let's stop right there. So, again, synonymous uh, preacher, we're going to be synonymous with with teacher on this evening, uh, as it was in uh, pretty much in the Hebrew. And so when it says that the preacher was wise, right, what that word wise means in the Hebrew is intelligent, prudent, experienced, able to give practical advice based on divine revelation in addition to his or her own experience and personal observations. Now, here's a challenge for you right here as a teacher of the word of God. Right here, we're going to stop right here with this word wise. Number one, intelligent. 
You know, a lot of times people want to teach the word of God and they think that uh, all they have to do is just stand up and God is just going to speak through them. If you're going to intelligently teach the word of God, you must study. You must ponder and meditate on the word of God. You must study. We don't know this uh, just because we want to know it. The word of God even tells us to study to show ourselves approved unto God rightly dividing the word of truth. Well, we're not going to be made ashamed. So when you're wise, you're intelligently uh, understanding the word of God. I know it's spiritual. And I know that we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to understand. But intelligence, when you're wise, you're not operating from a superficial spiritual mindset, like you're over-spiritual where people don't understand anything that you're saying, but you're uh, operating from a spiritually intelligent mind, right? It also says, uh, it also means experience, right? So when we're teaching the word of God, we need to be experienced in our relationship with God. That means that we need to, we need to acknowledge our experience with God. We need to be experienced in what we're teaching on, right? And so uh, to every man is given a measure of faith. So if you're starting out teaching, you need to teach according to the measure of faith that you've been given. So if what you know how to teach right now is on uh, believing God, then that's what you should teach. Teach on believing God. Don't um, try to uh, get in over your head and try to teach on Reve- the, the book of Revelation when you know your measure of faith. Right now, not that you won't grow into that, but right now, your measure of faith is teaching on believing God. So you want to make sure that you're, what, what you're teaching, you're experienced in. It also means able to give practical advice based on divine revelation, right? Divine revelation comes from studying the scripture and having and communing with God and uh, using the resources that you need to use to get a really good understanding of what the word of God is saying. And what is that divine revelation? What is that um, revealed truth about what you are teaching? So if you're teaching on believing God, what is the revelation from the scriptures that's related to believing God? So that is what the practical advice is that you're going to give to the people that you're teaching. The practical advice is not going to be based on uh, just your testimony alone about how you believe God. It's also going to be based on the divine revelation that's in the word of God, right? So there are some experiences uh, in the word of God that we can experience, but the person doing biblical days experience. So that's that divine revelation. It also means uh, that that added to that is going to be your own personal experience and your own uh, personal observation, what you've seen happen in other believers' lives when they believed God. So all of that is a part of the wise or the wisdom, being wise or the wisdom that you're going to use to teach whatever you are assigned to teach in the body of Christ. So it's very important to understand that because this is the this is the main that you want to be. Uh, if you've heard my testimony before, you may have heard me say that uh, when I was to greatest prayer services on Tuesday nights, and getting these different lines according to what you want to pray for: healing, financial increase, spiritual gifts, all those different things. And I went to the spiritual gifts line, and the gift that I asked for was the gift of freedom. Uh, and so I encourage you to add that. The Solomon for Luke, adding the wisdom of the people. 
So if you are called to the body of Christ to teach, I encourage you to pray for the gift of wisdom to go along with, with the gift of teaching. It's hard to um, have the gift of wisdom and not teach in transformation that's going to occur. Or it's hard to um, have the gift of wisdom and you teach and uh, people don't learn, right? And so you want to make sure that wisdom is a main um, uh, gift in the, uh, your teaching assignment in the earth. And if you keep going, as we keep reading this scripture, it says the preacher was wise. He still taught the people knowledge, right? It says he still taught the people knowledge. And the word taught means uh, from his or her own experience and personal, um, I'm sorry, to instruct, to train, uh, the idea of training and educating. So when you're teaching, that's what you're doing. You're training and you're educating, right? You're instructing people in the body of Christ as you're making disciples in the body of Christ. You're instructing them. You're uh, training them. You're educating them you know, based on the word of God. And sometimes as teachers uh, in the body of Christ, we have a tendency to sometimes, you know, chase rabbits and go wild goose chases, you know, stray away from what we're supposed to be teaching. But when you're teaching in wisdom, what you teach is what you're going to be training and educating people on. And so wisdom helps you to stay focused on what you are supposed to be uh, teaching. And it says, um, he still taught the people knowledge. And the people are uh, maybe uh, at that time in the biblical, uh, in he, uh, Old Testament, um, a nation, a tribe, a community. Uh, it could be a, a, a people as, a, uh, as you see them as a unit, you know, uh, together. And it's the same thing today. You know, it could be, uh, you know, we call them followers, congregation members. Um, it could be uh, people as it relates to a unit. Maybe you're teaching teaching to a group of people. Maybe it's all women. Maybe it's all men. Maybe it's young adults. Uh, maybe it's um, uh, people who are recovering from divorces. Uh, maybe it's uh, people who are uh, are recovering uh, from cancer or some type of uh, uh, sickness or il- uh, uh, physical uh, ailments or uh, diseases in the body. Who are the people that you are assigned to teach or that you desire to teach? So that would be a unit, right? Those are a group of people. That doesn't mean that you can't teach others, but some people are assigned to a specific group of people, and they have a right now word for that for that group of people. Uh, and then knowledge means insight, understanding, um, and wisdom, right? Understanding. The Word of God teaches us with all of our getting, getting understanding. So as a teacher of the Word of God, it's your responsibility to make sure that those that you are teaching understand what you're teaching. Don't be so deep that nobody can't understand what you're saying. If if you teach a study and people leave confused, then you haven't taught. Because here's the thing. You haven't taught if nobody's learned. So when you're teaching in the body of Christ... You want to teach so people can understand what you're saying. What you um, you want people to get uh, want the people to get that understanding. You want them to understand what the what it is that you're teaching on. You don't want them to be confused. You don't want them to be wondering. You don't want them embarrassed to ask questions. You want them to get an understanding about what you're teaching on, and you continue to teach until they get it. That's why you make absolutely sure that they understand what you are saying. 
And he says, yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs. Uh, verse 10, the preacher, the preacher sought to find acceptable words, and what was written was upright words of truth, right? So he sought out, you know, that means that he paid attention, right? He paid attention to what needed to be taught. And as a Bible teacher, that's what you're going to need to do. What's going on in the earth right now? What's going on with the group that you're assigned to? You have to pay attention to that. You have to take heed to it. And then you have to find those acceptable words, meaning those the words that matter, the words that actually are a pleasure, if you will, to the, the person that needs to hear them. In other words, my ears will perk up when you use the right words and tell me what you're going to be teaching on. What words will speak to the matter that you're going to be teaching about, right? What declarations or statements, that's what words mean. What declaration, what statements are you going to make that's actually going to speak to the matter that I want to hear from or that you are teaching about? Amen? And so now that's the first scripture. So write that down. That's one of my favorite scriptures as it relates, if you're in the body of Christ, as it relates to teaching and preaching in the body of Christ. It's so important uh, and what I like about these uh, two verses is it says that, verse 10, that the preacher sought to find acceptable words and what was written was upright words of truth. And it goes on, well, it goes back to verse 9 uh, that says that he set in order many proverbs. When you can set in order the proverbs, when you can unravel the mysteries of the Proverbs, when you can bring clarity, when you can, when you can uh, teach the, um, the divine revelation of a proverb, then you are really doing something great in the body of Christ. Remember, Jesus taught in, in, in parables, you know, um, and he had to go back and explain the parables that he taught in. But today, you can unravel the, the, the um the mystery, if you will, of Proverbs and the mystery of parables. When you can do that as a teacher, a Bible teacher, you are really making an impact and an influence on a person's life. Because there are many areas in the Bible that people get stuck in where they're trying to figure out what does that mean. And Proverbs is one of them. Another one would be Ecclesiastics. Another one would be some of the parables that Jesus taught in. You know, people are still, even today, you know, still trying to figure out when they're studying the Word of God, what does it mean? Uh, and, of course, they're studying most of the time without a really good study Bible or a commentary, something to really help them. And so they're trying to, with their natural minds, get a spiritual understanding. And so that's why you, the teacher, it's important that you use acceptable words, the words that they can understand, and then teach them how to use resources that they, where they can get a really good understanding of what the Word of God is saying. So let's quickly go to 1 Corinthians Chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses 27 and 28. You've heard them before. And if if one member, 27, I'm sorry, now you're in the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps administrations, variety of tongues. So what does it mean, teachers, right? Teachers are people who instruct by word of mouth. And what you do, you teach, 
right? So what it is when you're teaching, you're influencing the understanding of the person that you're, that you're teaching or the people that you taught. You're influencing their understanding. If you're teaching the Bible or teaching biblical principles, no matter what area of life it's in, if people don't get an understanding, you have not influentially uh, taught the word of God. It means that you have not influenced their understanding. There's no transformation. Their minds have not changed. So it's important that you don't just teach, you know, because I want something to do in the body of Christ. Make sure when you say that you want to teach the scriptures that you're teaching in such a way that people understand what you're saying and they get the full um, spiritual meaning of the principle or the, um, the doctrine or whatever it is that you're teaching in the body of Christ. Okay, so let's look at Colossians chapter 1. And we're going to look at verses 27 and 28. And it says, To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentile, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. 28, him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that he may, that we may present every man perfect, meaning mature, in Christ Jesus. That's what you want to do as a teacher. When you have this Bible study, you want to teach in such a way that everybody starts to grow spiritually and they mature in biblical understanding, how they live, out their Christian life, their walk with God. Everything begins to grow in grace and knowledge, and they start walking in spiritual maturity, that they're no longer babes drinking milk, that they're now eating strong meat. The more that you teach and they understand, um, uh, the more they grow. So it, it, you really want to be one of, uh, you want to be a profound teacher, and you want to be an influential teacher, because that's going to help them to grow into spiritual matters. Okay, and then the last one we're going to look at is uh, Hebrews chapter 5, Verse 12, and then we're going to get into how it started. All right. Chapter 5, verse 12. And it says, For though by this time you are to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to be milk and not solid food. Let's go to 13. For everyone who partakes only in milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Verse 14. But solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is, those who by reason of youth have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Verse 12 again. For though by this time you are to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. I'm going to encourage you that if you're going to start an online Bible study, you need to make sure that you are strong in the word of God, right? You should not be in a place where you are considered a babe in Christ. You should not be in a place where you're still on milk of the word and not eating strong meat. Because only the matured and the full grown should be teaching in the body of Christ. Right? It says this is the time when you should be teachers, but you can't teach. And the reason you can't teach is because guess what? You're still drinking milk. What that means is you're not in the word studying. You don't understand to have divine revelation 
You know, understand a spiritual truth, understand kingdom principles, because you're not studying the word of God and you're not growing in grace and knowledge and you're not spiritually matured in the word of God. So you want to make sure that you're not on milk, but that you are on strong meat when you start teaching in the body of Christ. So make sure you write those scriptures down. Uh, Very important. So let's move into how to create that online Bible study. Right. So I know if you have maybe been teaching uh, in your local church, uh, in your city, maybe you uh, have a, a citywide uh, or community Bible study where people come out to a facility where you maybe have rented or using it, and they actually come to the local facility. But you know we can't do that at this time as we're going through this um, COVID-19 situation. So uh, if you're going to teach, and uh, you got to bring this online. you got to move this to a virtual uh, platform because now there's been a spike and an increase and we're almost back to lockdown again. So it's not wise for you to be doing anything locally where people are coming out uh, to get, to sit to hear you teach. So it's important that you understand the time as the men of Issachar were considered wise because they understood the times, meaning they understood the times that they were living in. So the times that we're living in right now means that if you're going to do this, it has to be online. It has to be virtual. And virtual is, um, could be online. It could be a conference call where they have to call in with an access code. It could be um, where they see you like on a Zoom or another video type uh, situation. Or it could be a Facebook Live. It could be Instagram TV, whatever, YouTube Live, whatever is online and whatever platform you could use. You could do it as a podcast. That's online. It just depends on how you want to do it. But you're going to have to do this online until everything changes. Until the dust settles with this COVID-19, online is going to is, is where people are and where they're going. So when you're uh, going to create and host an online uh, Bible study, the first thing you want to do is you want to set up your study, right? The first thing you want to do is start with prayer. That's understood. So I'm, but I'm just going to say it anyway. You want to start with prayer. You want to ask God to direct and guide you. You want to know what it is that you should be teaching from the word of God, who your audience is, uh, uh, and that's going to help the people to, uh, uh, you've heard me say before, we, can, we, we are assigned to somebody, not everybody. So who are the people that you are assigned to? So that's who you need to set this uh, Bible study up for. I know we can just jump on Facebook Live and do teachings, and you can still do that. But if you're going to create an online Bible study and you want to reach the people that you have been assigned to, it's important that you really pray and ask God to direct and guide you, right? And then you want to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, um, sometimes the Holy Spirit works by encouraging us and and letting uh, an idea capture our attention. You know, maybe you know 100%. Uh, what your assignment is, and you're going to stay right there with it. You know, a lot of people know, for instance, um, uh, that they're called to help people un- to to discover their God-given uh, assigned purpose. You know, so when they teach, that's what they teach on. They teach on purpose, and they use scripture, and they use, you know, different uh, uh, stories from the Bible to teach it. So if that's you, that's great, but you still need to let the Holy Spirit speak to you on what it is that you need to be actually um teaching uh, in the Bible. Then the second thing you want to do is you want to get specific, right? You want to, you want to think about a specific topic. Uh, you don't want to just be hitting and missing and jumping all over everywhere. It's hard for people to follow you. 
So even before this COVID-19, if you were doing it, um, let's say, in, a, in somewhere locally, more than likely you were doing like a series of teachings. Like you may have done a five-part series on faith. You may have done a five-part series on um, uh, developing a strong prayer life. You know, you may have done uh, a seven-part series on, you know, uh, the power of your words. You know, uh, those kinds of things. So you want to make, you want to get specific when you do that. You know, your topics can change, but don't hit and miss. You know, stay focused. Um, remember, uh, you know, if people are going to follow you, they follow you because you, it's decent and, and, and it's orderly. So you want to make sure that you have a specific topic. Um, sometimes the Holy Spirit will impress upon you um, uh, what the idea is or what the topic should be. And and other times you just simply, you know, you're just going to teach and explore what in the Bible, what you've been interested in and what you would like to teach. All right. So uh, you may uh, have an interest in the fruit of the spirit, right? And so uh, you might uh, discover um, as you study more about it. And so now you, once you've done all of that, you're going to teach on the fruit of the spirit, or maybe you have an interest in King David's life, right? And so when you uh, create your Bible study, uh, that topic is going to be maybe on the life of David, you know, um, something like that, or a man after God's own heart, you know, you're going to be teaching on the life of David. So you want to make sure that you get specific and that you seek the Holy Spirit about what you actually, um, should actually teach on. And then the third thing you want to do is decide on the study, right? Now you have to decide whether you're going to design that study yourself, whether you're going to write it from scratch, or are you going to use materials from someone else, right? Both options have their advantages and their disadvantages. When you're creating your own material, you may be um, a natural researcher, and so that's really great for you because you you get the – you are – part of that excitement of um, actually, um, uh, you know, getting into the nuts and nuts and bolts and finding, you know, looking up words and definitions and going back and study what was going on at that time and what the commentaries say, and, you know, all those kind of, what, is, what are the notes saying in the study Bible? So that may be a great thing. But if you haven't been a student of the word long, uh, you may not have a lot of materials like that. You may want to get some resources like a really good study Bible or a commentary uh, to help you. Uh, the Life Application Bible is an excellent resource if you're a teacher of the word. It's so much in there. Uh, no reinventing the wheel. Everything you need in there is in there. Uh, so take a look at the Life Application Bible. If you don't have the Life Application Study Bible, it is awesome. Another one is the Discover God Study Bible. Absolutely wonderful study Bible. Um, there are questions uh, um, in almost every section where it helps you to discover God, and then it's also going to give you some information in the notes section about what was going on at that time, what words mean, all those kinds of things. But the questions that are in the Discover God Bible are questions that you could actually, you know, ask the people that you're actually going to be teaching in, in your um, uh, Bible study, or you can give them those questions as a, uh, maybe homework assignment or something for them to ponder, you know, or if you're teaching, you can give them that question and say, hey, I want you to take five minutes and I want you to really uh, think about how to answer that question. And you can give them five minutes to work on it right there on that live uh, online Bible study course time, rather. Uh, so 
you want to make sure that um, you have a really good resource. Another one is Experiencing God uh, by Henry Blackaby. I think he's, you know, not think, I know he is uh, deceased now, but oh my God, if you can get the Experiencing God workbook, that came out first before the study Bible. The workbook is awesome. And then he came out with the uh, Experiencing God study Bible. Both of them are good. If you get the workbook, and then I think there's actually uh, an Experiencing God um, teacher kit where you can actually teach Experiencing God, um, the seven realities of God. And, I mean, everything is in the kit that you need to teach it. And so when I when I mentioned earlier about are you going to um, design the study yourself or will you be using materials from someone else, you know, don't be, you know, don't be afraid to use someone else's material, you know, uh, they're in the body of Christ, and that's what it's for. He designed it that way so that you can use it and actually go and teach it in your setting, in your church, in your Bible study, in your small group, in your home group, whatever you're doing. So uh, you may have to look at um, some of the online um, Bible bookstores or, uh, to get an idea of what resources are available to you, even those little personal um, study Bibles that you pay like six ninety nine, seven ninety nine for, which might be a twelve week teaching or a ten week teaching. Those are great resources to you. You can use those resources and just add your own, you know, experience to it. You know, and your own study of what you discover in the study. But if you're just getting started and, and you know that it's time for you to launch out, then you may have to use uh, materials from others if you haven't written a lot. Or study a lot. So don't be afraid um, to do that. You can also uh, find, uh, uh, what do you call them, um, these uh, quick um, uh, study uh, notes. I did not call that, but it's like these little trifold things that you can usually buy from a, a Christian bookstore, you know, on every topic you can think of. And it just kind of, tr- it's kind of folds up. It's like laminated. You know, you can find it on forgiveness. You can find it on the the names of God. You can find it on trusting God. You can find it on just about anything. Uh, You can find it on the Feast Feast of the Bible. You know, you can find it just about on anything. And those are like $3.99, $4.99. But when you buy one, you can teach for weeks off of one. So if you don't have a lot of resources right now, those are some uh, uh, creative ways that you can uh, invest in uh, your teaching ministry and, and invest in uh, getting your hands on re, uh, information uh, that you can teach at a very nominal cost uh, for you. So don't be afraid to go deep in this thing. So uh, if you are creating the material, then know that you're going to spend a few hours every week studying and learning. Uh, your time is never going to be wasted. Just make sure you keep things in order because you're going to teach that more than one time. So when you create your own, though, uh, and I'm only saying do that if you know you are really disciplined to study because you'll look up and if you do, let's say you're going to do your Bible study every Wednesday online, if you're not disciplined, when you look up, it's Tuesday night, the night before the next session, and so now you're, you know, rushing, trying to figure out what you're going to teach and do it. So if you're going going to create your own, you need to be very disciplined in it. So don't be afraid to go deep. But know that it's going to take you a few hours um, each week in studying and learning what it is that you're going to actually teach on. Okay, so number four, you want to use guides or you want to create one. 
okay? So if you have a uh, favorite Bible teacher in the body of Christ or a book that inspired you, that, you know, these can be excellent sources of drawing inspiration. So look for leadership guides. Again, if you uh, – one, uh, one really good uh, – I don't think they have too many landline stores anymore, but LifeWay, Christian bookstores or LifeWay books, Christian books, I think they're online now. They they closed a few stores last year. Um, there may still be one in whatever city you live in, but if not, you want to go to Lifeway uh, book online, Lifeway bookstore online, or whatever they call it. But it's the main um, name of it is Lifeway. They have a lot of leaders guides on different areas in almost every part of ministry that you could ever think about. So you want to actually get your hands on some leaders guides because they can be excellent resources for drawing inspiration or what it, about what you want to teach on. Um, when you look at leadership guides, and inside of them want to be discussion questions uh, around um, uh, your, the topic that you're teaching on, or if you find one that's uh, centered around the entire book of the, uh, the entire Bible, the books in the Bible, then you're going to find questions that you can actually ask uh, when you're teaching um, the word of God. So you want to make sure, look for those leadership guides, all right? Uh, it can actually be a great jumping point for you. It's a great launching out point, you know, so don't launch, you know, when you read the scripture about the, the fishermen launched out into the deep, they didn't launch out there empty-handed. They took their nets with them. So when you're launching out to start teaching, you need some resources and you need something to go out into the deep with. So make sure if you don't have anything invest in it. It'll it's it's worth it. Invest in it. All right. Your own. Uh but again, it's gonna take some time. It's gonna take some hours of studying and learning and researching. You can do it book by book. You can do it chapter by chapter. You can teach topics. But again, if you have a really good study Bible, uh like the life application, you can go to the back of it where it says topical study or just topical index. And I can assure you there are so many topics back there that you will not uh, need another resource for a long, long time other than a co- maybe a commentary, all right? So make sure that um, that you do that. And so you want to, uh, you want to write down your ideas and uh, any topics that are exciting to you right now. Uh, you want to always uh, learn more about it. So you need to keep a notebook or something with, and maybe take a notebook um, and put that topic or whatever that area of study is going to be for you. And this is a great time if you don't have uh, notebooks. This is a great time to actually buy them because, uh, you know, a lot of uh, these companies are doing uh, back-to-school specials, even though most schools are not going to open. They still are, they still have the back-to-school specials going on. So this is a great time to stock up on uh, three-ring binders. It's a great time to stock up on notebooks, three sub- one subject and three-subject notebooks. Great time to stock up on ink pens highlighters, you name it. It's a great time to stock up on it, you know, uh, during this time. Uh, You want to make sure that you know what biblical resources that you already have access to. Um, And, again, if you don't have commentaries, uh, when you're on the LifeWay website, they actually have, um, no, wait, that's Gateway. Go to Gateway. Um, and you can look up different translations, but they also have commentary, commentary that you can actually use to study. So you can have access, free access 
to some commentaries, and then the other commentaries you actually have to pay, subscribe, and pay a membership fee to. But the ones that are free, will, they are enough for you to get going with. So that's gateway. All right. And then you want to make sure, um, look at what you have in the resources that you have, any Christian books that you have. Look at those books that you bought and say, what are the three books that I have that have inspired me in my Christian walk? You know, uh, maybe you're like me and you have a few of uh, the late Pastor Miles Monroe books, you know, Understanding Your Potential, Understanding Purpose, uh, Understanding the Power of Prayer. You know, look at uh, the books that you've invested in already and see if you can get some type of inspiration uh, from there. All right. Okay. And then the next thing that you want to do is you want to pick a platform uh, to host your online Bible study, right? So once you decide on the topic of your virtual Bible study, it's important to start thinking about the technology that you're going to be using. And so you have several different options to uh, prevent you from being overwhelmed. And so I'm just going to give you a couple of them because it's a lot out there. Um, And if I were you one day, I would just sit down and just take a moment and really uh, look at the ones that I can that you can research and find. But I'm gonna give you some, a couple of them that you can um, get started with, and that you're probably very familiar with at this time. Number one is Facebook Live. I think everybody by now, even though this August a Facebook Live will be five years old, and so <clears throat> excuse me, even with it being five years old, a lot of people still not using it. Right, so I want you encourage you to use Facebook Live. Why? Because it's F R E E free. Right, it's free, and um, you know when people get get accustomed to you teaching on Facebook Live, it doesn't matter how long you stay on there. They're going to stay on the whole time. So if your Bible study is an hour and a half, they're going to stay on for an hour and a half, watching you and commenting and saying what they and 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 being the Amen corner and asking questions and all of that. They're going to stay with you. So. Don't let anybody tell you, oh, man, you know, people's attention span is so short. No, people stay with who they want to hear from as long as the person is talking. So if you if you don't believe me, follow, just follow somebody. A good example would be, um, what's his name, Michael Basin. He now uh, does his uh, radio show. He does his radio show, and at the time he's doing his radio show, he's also doing Facebook Live. Well, his radio show is four hours deep. People are on there for the entire time that he's on there. And then he comes back sometimes and just does Facebook Live, right? And so even in doing just doing Facebook Live, however many hours he comes back on again and does it another Facebook Live with just Michael Basin, people stay on there. So I'm just saying that to say to you, don't short yourself. I don't think, oh, I got to hurry up. Nobody's going to listen. Let me give you an inside secret to Facebook Live. It takes people a few minutes before they actually log on. So they get a notification that, you, that you're on live. So depending on when they, when they get that notification, you got to think about what they're doing. You got to give them a minute to actually click it, log in, do all of that stuff. Or some people will say, oh, wait, let me go get something to drink. Let me get my notebook. Let me get my pen. That's, you know, all of that. Then they come back and they click it and they go live with you until they're ready. So you will have to remember, you know, I know a lot of times in the body of Christ, we're like, you know, hey, I'm at 7 o'clock. I'm not going to start a minute later. Virtual is different, right? As much as you want to be on time, you want to be orderly, you want to be doing it just right, virtual is different. 
So when you start an online Bible study, and let's say you're starting at 7 o'clock, you can start at 7 o'clock. But you need to start at 7 o'clock with a, a little chit-chat, you know, with a little welcome, everybody. I'm going to give you a chance to get in here. We'll give you a chance to log in. If you don't have your notebook, you don't have your pen or your Bible, take a minute, step away, go get all of that, come back. We're going to get started in about three to five minutes. We're going to give you a chance for everybody to get on and uh, get situated so that you can um, actually, you know, be with me. You know, you come on at 7 o'clock and you start right at 7, you're probably going to be talking directly to yourself. You know, so you want to give people a chance to get that ding notification on their phone on their tablets, that you are live. You want to give them an opportunity to actually get all their stuff together. Um, if they know, even if you create a group for your on for your online Bible study and they know that you're coming on at 7, you have a lot of people, once they get into develop the, uh, the discipline of following your Bible study, they know you come on at 7. But even some of your faithful followers will still need an extra couple of minutes to either get all situated, log in, click the button, whatever, you know. If they're on a Zoom, they might want to get everything straight before they hit the camera button on, you know, uh, those kinds of things. So you want to make sure that you give them a a few minutes to actually come on and get in there because once they click in, um, if you've already uh, five minutes into the lesson, they don't have a clue what you're talking about. Now they got to hurry up and catch up or they got to post something uh, in the uh, chat box for somebody to say, oh, what scripture is she using? What scripture is she talking about? So you want to make sure that you give people a few minutes when you're doing a virtual, like a Facebook Live, because um, you may start at 7, but everybody's not ready at 7. They're not, they're not logged in at 7. They haven't clicked it, uh, all those kinds of things. So you got to give them a few minutes, about three to five minutes before anything. You've got, you must give them a chance uh, to come in. So Facebook Live is a really good platform for you. It's an option um, if you already, especially if you already have like a, a, a follower, some fo- faithful followers, you can create a, a private uh, group or, or just a public group, you know, depends on how you want to do it. I would tell you to create a private group if you're doing something really um, uh, personal, like you're doing um, a Bible study for, let's say, you know, um, uh, women recovering from divorce, or if you're doing a Bible study for uh, men uh, overcoming pornography, those kind, then you make it private because that's only for select people, uh, and and so you don't want everybody, and and you don't want people's uh, uh, lives uh, exposed, and so um, it depends on what you're teaching and who you're teaching that will determine whether you do it openly or whether you do it in a private kind of Facebook group, right? So when you use Facebook Live, uh, what's going to happen is you actually can stream that video. Um, to your group members, to your followers on your person, your profile page, wherever. So if you if you do it from your uh, profile page, I would tell you to make it public. So anybody that is um, streaming, uh, uh, going through their feed and they find you, they can click that button that says, you know, hey, follow um, follow Ginger, get notified notified when she goes live. You want them to click that, and you want to tell them to click that, so they'll know the next time when you're on. Um, the only thing about uh, Facebook Live is that you're going to be you'll be on a video, and your members can chime in through you know comments and stuff, and uh, share their thoughts with you that way. But your audience will not be on video with you. 
So the only engagement that you get is going to be the engagement in the comment section, the little hearts and the thumbs up, um, animated things that float in the air. You can see that they like what you're saying. Um, if you are using Facebook, you have to be able to teach and look at the um, the feed as, as you're teaching uh, because somebody may have a question or you may have to say something like, okay, I see you guys have questions. If, if I missed your question, post it again because that means that it is already gone and I don't see it. And so do you want to encourage them doing the Q&A if you have that to go ahead? Or you want to make sure you answer the question if you can. Or you let them know that when the Facebook, is, when the Facebook uh, Live, is, the Bible study is over, you'll go back and answer the post, uh, the, the questions. But really when you're doing your Facebook Live, uh, be sure to include a party in there where you're going to actually do Q&A, where you're going to answer some of the questions that are strolling through the, the comment section of it. Um, and so it's really important that you uh, remember that about uh, Facebook Live because it's real easy to get on there, do what you got to do, and then get off. And then you don't remember to actually uh, look at the comments and see if any questions. And people are used to that now. So when you say, let's pause, let me pause for a minute and let me see what these questions are, they don't mind that. They don't mind you looking down it, at it to see what the co- any questions or comments. They don't mind you scrolling through. They are used to it. So they're okay with that. Another platform you can use is YouTube Live. So that's the next the next option is YouTube Live. You can stream videos in real time uh, to your followers. All they have to do um, is actually go to your YouTube channel, right? And then you're going to be live on there. They added that feature a few years ago with YouTube Live. And um, all you have to do is give them a link, you know? Um, and so instead of joining a group or something like on Facebook, they just click that link, and it's going to take them right there to where you're going to be. Um, they can also leave comments while you're live on YouTube. Again, the problem with um, YouTube Live, again, is that they're not on video with you, and it doesn't necessarily allow for a lot of privacy, uh, and that depends on what you're teaching. So, again, if you're teaching something that's uh, very intimate and personal, again, uh, depending on your topic, you uh, if it's a sensitive topic, you may not want to – uh, use Facebook, I mean, um, YouTube Live. You may want to create a private group on Facebook, or you may want to use the next option, which is Skype, right? So Skype has improved a lot. Um, it is useful for Bible studies, and so uh, many people use it. They know all about it. You can talk to someone through a webcam, audio call, or text messages now. Um, the cool thing about Skype is that you uh, can have a very small group of participants get together on a video chat at the same time. So that means that you can actually see each other and discuss the topic that you're teaching in real time. Um, sometimes Skype can be a little buggy at times. However, uh, I think now you have to look into it. Uh, it you can now, for free, you can have up to 50 people uh, using the app together. So uh, if, you know, if you're operating with a, a, a tiny budget and you want um, some uh, video chats, if you will, if you want to be able to see people, then this might be a good choice for you, uh, the Skype. And then the last one I want to talk to you about is Zoom. So a lot of people know about Zoom now because of the pandemic and everything has moved to, like, uh, online. And so Zoom, uh, there are a lot of features uh, in Zoom, but it's similar to Skype. Um, uh, it's very interactive if you make it interactive. You can have a free account on Zoom where you have 40 minutes free, but you can have up to 100 people on a Zoom call or on a Zoom uh, meeting. Um, you could also, if you need a little bit more time, which you probably will need, 
you, it, 40 minutes is not long when you're teaching. And so you would have to be very disciplined to say, I'm going to teach for 25 minutes, and then the rest of that is going to be Q&A. You really have to watch it. So if you know you need a little bit longer time, then you might have to invest in the next level up on Zoom. Um, so another uh, thing with Zoom is maybe that first Bible study, you might have to explain to people how to use Zoom, how to raise their hand, how to use the chat box. Um, you may have to uh, walk people through turning their uh, cameras on because, you know, you, you see their name, but you don't see them. Um uh, how to unmute themselves when they have a question. So you may have to walk them through um, uh, some of that with Zoom of how to use Zoom uh, a couple of times until people really get comfortable uh, with it. And then even sometimes when you open it up for Q&A, and let's say you've been doing it for like three or four weeks, you still may have to walk somebody or talk somebody through unmuting themselves on Zoom until they actually get really comfortable with using Zoom. So you want to Choose one of these platforms if you're just getting started. It's an easy way uh, to get started uh, with all these platforms. If you're not sure about the Zoom and the Skype and the YouTube, if you're on Facebook, you do need to do Facebook Live. It's just a click of the button. But, again, you want to make sure everything is squared away. You're ready to go. All right. So uh, the next thing you want to do is choose your schedule, right? You want to be able to determine what your schedule is going to be. Right, your schedule creates consistency. If you don't have a schedule, that means you're going to hit and miss, and you're going to do it here and there. But when you have a schedule, when you create a schedule, that's consistency. It strengthens um, uh, your accountability with your uh, participants or with your followers. Uh, it, it helps to guide you. It keeps you accountable to the assignment that you say that you are supposed to be carrying out. You know, um, if you have a Bible study that's on a different day each week or at a different time each day, then you're just going to get fewer people showing up because it's going to be too much to remember. not going to remember all these different dates and days and times that you come up with. So pick a schedule. Pick a time when you're going to actually do it and make sure you do it every week at that time. Or if you're doing it two or three times a week, uh, which, I mean, if you want to get practice with Facebook Live, do your Bible study two or three times a week. If you, if you Look, especially if you're on the stay-home order, you know, or if you're not back at work yet and you're looking for something to do, you did it on Monday, do it again on Wednesday, you know, or do it again on Tuesday at a certain time until you just get comfortable with using that platform. And say, hey, you guys, this is my third time around. Um, I'm doing the same Bible study that I did uh, Monday just in case you missed it. I'm going to do an encore teaching, uh, and you just teach it again. So nobody needs to know that you're teaching it again because you're, you know, developing a discipline within yourself and getting practice with using this virtual, uh, these virtual platforms, all right? So you want to pick a definite date and time when you're going to meet, you know, to do your Bible study. It could be every week. It could be every two weeks. Uh, it could be once a month. Um, when you're creating that schedule, um, keep that in mind. I can tell you right now, don't do it once a month. Nobody's going to remember that. So don't do it um, every two weeks. Nobody's going to remember that either. So when you're talking virtual, you have to be consistent. So that means that every week you need to let people know every Wednesday this about put a graphic out there, promote it, talk about it, post about it. Every Wednesday, tell them about your Bible study that is at 7 p.m. or if it's at 9 in the morning, if it's at 12 noon for lunch and learn, whatever it is, make sure that it's every week and make sure people know about it. Make sure you're talking about it all the time, all right? So think about your followers, right? You want to, you want to choose a schedule that makes sense for your group. 
So if you're talking to, uh, let's say, men, right? And I know, again, I'm just using this as, a case, as an example as if everything was normal. We know we're in COVID-19. But if everything was normal and you're talking to a group of men, you might want to do it in the evening time because more than likely they work. They have jobs, right? If you're talking to stay-at-home moms, you might want to do it in mid-morning because you got to remember if they have children, then they are probably dropping kids off to school or picking them up in the uh, afternoon. I know, you know, with COVID right now, it's the same thing. So if they, if their kids are going to have to do study online, you may want to consider that. You know, you might want to do a little survey about, you know, how is this online school thing working? How is it? What, what what's the procedure? What's the, you know, how does the, what does the schedule look like for the online uh, learning uh, thing for students? Okay, so you may want to uh, keep that in uh, to consideration. If you're not sure, just ask. Just do a simple survey. Just Post a question, take a poll on Facebook, you know, ask around, see what's going on, so you'll know. You know, ask the people who you're going to be teaching and servicing, you know, what's a really good time for them. You don't really need that, but it is helpful for you to know exactly what time to plan your Bible study. Because it doesn't make any sense to plan, you know, to teach your Bible study at 9 o'clock in the morning and the people who need it really can't listen to you until 7 p.m. Right, so you want to make sure you get that straight. You you want to make sure you're on at 7 p.m. if that's when they are free to listen at 7 p.m. Uh, you want to consider recording, right? So you know that when you use Facebook Live, YouTube Live, um, that it's automatically stored on your page, right? On YouTube, it's on your channel. On Facebook, it's on your page or in your group, so it's there, right? So that recording is there. They can, you could always direct them back to that, or you can share it again and say, hey, did you miss the live today? Here's the replay, right? Um, but if you use a software um, like Zoom, and I'm not 100% sure about Skype, but I know if you use Zoom um, and you push that record button, one or two things that happen. You, you, you're going to have to tell it to, re- to save that recording to your computer, are you going to tell it to save it in the cloud? I think when you use the free version, it will only save it to your computer. You will not have any cloud space to save it to the cloud. Uh, if you save it to the cloud, it will give you a link for a replay. If you don't save it to a cloud, you, it's downloaded on your computer. So I don't know. You would, you know, you would have to um, either have a website where you can post that um, recording. For people who missed it, where they can go and, you know, watch the the replay um, of it, Uh, because if you teach over an hour or so, that may be too big to send through an email to someone, and you may not want to do that. You know, you may want to have uh, a platform where you can actually upload um, uh, your digital content, which is what that will become after it's over, Um, whether it's a a free website uh, like Wix.com or Weebly.com. You know, you just have to see how many video hours you get on each one of those free platforms, but you'll need somewhere to to actually host that video. Uh, and again, one of the best things you could do, though, even if you do a even if you do a Zoom and you do it on the free um, version and it's recorded to your um, computer, I would suggest that you still go to YouTube, create a YouTube channel, and then upload that video to YouTube. Once that video is uploaded to YouTube, YouTube is going to give you a link to share it. Then that's another way that you can do it for free, you know. And for free, people can, you know, upload it to YouTube, 
and uh, people who missed it, then you would send them to uh, the YouTube channel, to your YouTube channel to watch the replay. All right? Um, You want to publish your schedule when you create it because you want people to know exactly when you're going to be doing it. So, you know, for me, sometimes I post it, I create a graphic, and I say happening this month, and I just put the date and what's happening and what time is going to happen. So you can do the same thing with your um, Bible study. You know, you if you're doing it on month by month and you've got a different topic every month, you can just say, hey, for the month of July, the topic is, tell them what the topic, and then whatever day you're going to have that Bible study. So if you're going to do it on Wednesdays at 7 p.m., you might say every Wednesday at 7 p.m., you know, that if something changes where one Wednesday, maybe it falls a holiday or you'll be out of, you're out of town or you just can't do it that Wednesday, that particular Wednesday, on that graphic, you're going to show them the three Wednesdays that you can, and then you're going to show them an alternative date because, you know, that you have to do it. And so, again, they have the schedule in front of them, so they know when that that, that week is, they're going to know about the week where it's not going to be on a Wednesday. Instead, it might be on a Tuesday or Thursday. So you want to make sure you publish a schedule, and then you want to be flexible with your schedule because things change. Right, and so when they change, you want to just be flexible. You're right, you know, things come up, emergency situations, um, unexpected things come up. But you want when you, when that happens, you want to make sure that you get out there and, and make the announcement, uh, post it some kind of way. Uh, due to family emerge and family emergency, Bible study has been canceled. Uh, it was no different than if you were actually at your local church and had to cancel it. So make sure that you let people know when it actually has uh, changed. Um, after you've done that, after you've scheduled, then you want to do a practice run or a test run, right? Get your family, get your friends, depending on whatever platform you've chosen, you must do a test run on that platform, right? Um, even on Facebook Live, because I think it is still a way to do Facebook Live where you just, you know, it's for you or just for select people that you choose. But um, if you're using Zoom or if you're using YouTube Live, uh, you really want to do a test run. Number one, you want to do a test run uh, with some other people on there because they're going to give you the feedback. They'll let you know if your microphone is turned up loud enough. They'll let you know if your background is too busy and that it's distracting and not really listening to you uh, because the background is getting their attention. They're going to let you know um, uh, if you're uh, talking too fast or you're not talking fast enough. You know, they're going to let you know about any tech issues, you know, uh, that, you know, maybe they don't know how to raise their hand on Zoom or maybe they don't know how to use the chat box. They're going to let you know all of those things. And when you get that type of feedback, you will know on the first session what you need to talk about as it relates to technology. You also know how to create a backdrop or a background that's not busy, you know, that won't be distracting and that one that will actually let them listen to you and focus on you. You, um, you will know everything. If you get the right people, they'll give you the right uh, feedback uh, for it. And so you want to make sure you do that. And then uh, uh, one of the last things I want to talk to you about is um, promote your study, right? You want to promote it. You, gotta, you have to promote it. Nobody's going to know unless you promote it. So one of the ways you can promote it is you can actually create a sign-up page. You can do that through an email service like MailChimp or uh, or um Constant contact or something. Mailchimp has a free version where you can have, I think, up to two thousand five hundred to two thousand subscribers. But uh, if you're getting started, this is great. So you want people to sign up for your Bible study. Um, 
So you want to be able to create that. Also with MailChimp, you can create that uh, a landing page. So that landing page is a page that talks about what your Bible study is about, you know, all those good, and all the intricate details so they can make a decision that they actually want to act, uh, follow your Bible study uh, online. And it gives you an opportunity to capture names and email addresses. And so now you can actually start emailing them and telling them about other things that you're doing virtually. You can send them words of encouragement every other day, you know, things like that. So you want to make sure. So try MailChimp. Uh, there's a lot that you can actually do. Uh, with MailChimp, you can also uh, promote it on um, all of your social media platforms uh, without taking an ad. You can just post it. Um, just post it out there. Make sure you post it. Put a graphic with it uh, that uh, gets a little bit more attention. And uh, just post it a lot. So people, you have to keep it in front of people so they can remember. So much is going on and so much is in that news feed on everybody's Facebook account. So you have to constantly keep it before the people, so they cannot, so they will not forget um, that you are actually going to uh, have a, a Bible study that's going to be um, online. And then once you do that, you want to embrace uh, your first session. You want to make absolutely sure that you're ready for your first session. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. I'll save that until tomorrow. When we talk about embracing that first session, right now you have enough to work with uh, as you're planning it. That's a, I don't want to overwhelm you with the uh, planning, uh, setting it up part. Uh, so now you have enough. You know about how to set up your study. You know how to pick a platform. You know how to choose a schedule based on the group that you're assigned to. Uh, you want to do a test run uh, before you do it, and then you want to promote it. And so when you, again, Promoting it is not necessarily you spending a lot of money on Facebook ad, LinkedIn ads, and all these other ads. Promoting it is you actually putting some your the feet to the rubber and you posting, right? And you getting people to share. Get them to share. Say, hey, can you if you know somebody who might be interested in this body this Bible study, please hit the share button, share it with them, tell them to sign up. You know, um, I have some other great things that gonna that's gonna happen as well. Um, so you want to make sure that um, that you get people to share whatever it is that you're posting and promoting, which is your online Bible study. So get them to do that. And so it, it seems like a lot, but it's not. And so once you, once you get into the flow of doing this, it'll just happen naturally for you. But prior to that, you have to just go through a little, it might seem like a little struggle at first until you master everything that you need to master to get it up and running. Once you get it up and running, everything else will just fall in place. Once you pick uh, what, what day you're going to have it on, when you pick who you're going to be teaching, when you understand or, or pick um, what platform you're going to use, the more you use that platform, the more accustomed to it you become. And if you choose, let's say, Facebook Live and you discover you're not um, comfortable with Facebook Live, don't worry about that. You can always change it. And just let them know that it's moving from Facebook Live to Zoom. Or it's moving from Facebook Live to YouTube Live. You know, just make sure that people know. But you can always change your mind about the platform that you want to use. If you're not comfortable with video at this point, you may want to try one of the free conference call lines where people just call in and they put an access code in. And, again, they sit and they listen and they hear you teach. And at a certain point, you may open up the phone lines for uh, Q&A, for questions. So if people have any questions, they can ask you um 
the question on the line when you finish teaching. I know right now um, my um, uh, my dad's church is doing that. They do their Sunday school um, on um, on Tuesdays, I believe. I think it is. It's uh, they do their Sunday school class on Tuesdays. So somebody is teaching, but at a certain point throughout that lesson, that person stops and says, "Are there any questions now?" And even by phone, people ask a question or they make a comment, you know, or they give a testimony, whatever the case may be, depending on what you open um, the line for. So it's, it, no matter what platform you use, you can, ha- you can in- engage your audience. You can engage the people that you are assigned to. It's just that you just got to learn how to do it on that platform, right? So on your conference call, it's about opening up the lines for Q&A. On your Facebook, it's going to be in your comment section. On your Zoom, you can put it in the chat room. They can ask questions in the chat room. Or you can literally open a Zoom platform for them uh, to raise their hands, and you will take them in order. And then uh, you will click on that and then tell them they have to unmute themselves and go ahead and let them ask the question or make the comment. So there's so many ways, and so we'll talk about that and some other things on tomorrow. I know that, uh, again, this is late. So I just, I just wanted to wait, to just kind of whet your appetite, get you excited about moving or starting your Bible study online. Don't miss this opportunity. This is a great opportunity. If you are called to the body of Christ as a teacher, a preacher, an evangelist, this is what you should consider doing is moving it online. We're going to be doing this virtual thing for a minute, so don't sit back too much. You're just going to wait until everything breaks and, you know, you're going to go back to doing your Bible study in the, the building that you were renting and all that kind of stuff. You know, you have to continue. you got to stay in the flow of ministry. So that means that you have to continue on, and you got to move with what's going on. So technology is changing, and so you have to get into this virtual arena uh, if you want people to hear um, and experience the gift that God has entrusted to you. So thank you so much, everybody, for joining me on this evening for creating, hosting an online Bible study. Again, I'm Minister Ginger London, owner of GingerLondon.com and the Diamond Coaching Academy. Uh, I thank you for um, joining me this evening. If you have any questions, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Periscope. You can find me on uh, Instagram. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on Tumblr, you know, stuff. I'm on social sites I forgot about, but the basic ones I'm actually on. So you can direct message me if you have any questions or if you want a little bit more information about something that I talked about on uh, tonight. So thank you once again. Have a blessed and awesome evening, and we'll be doing uh, part two on tomorrow. God bless you, everybody. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me. Good night.